Uh, let's go to 1 Samuel 15, um, 1 Samuel 15, uh, 30 through 31. And we will spend time reading some of the other verses leading up to this. But, um, um, you know, in your own time, if you want to, you can read the entire chapter a little later today. Or if you want to read more on, the, um, on, on just how crazy Saul was, was as, a, <laughs> as a king, you can read, you know, chapters back and check out his story. But we're going to pick up at um, chapter 15 um, and we'll do verse 30 and 31. So 1 Samuel 15, 30 through 31. Um, I'll read it. And, I, and I'm reading from the NLT. Um, so here we go. This is towards the end of the story, and we'll get the backstory. Uh, then Saul pleaded again, I know I have sinned, but please at least honor me before the elders of my people uh, uh, and before Israel by coming back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel finally agreed and went back with him, and Saul worshiped the Lord. I'm going to read it again. First uh, Samuel 15, 30 and 31. Then Saul pleaded again, I know I have sinned, but please at least honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel by coming back to me so that I may worship the Lord your God. Uh, so Samuel finally agreed and went back with him and Saul worshiped the Lord. All right, so today's topic, what we're talking about today um, is one phrase. It's called keeping up appearances, okay? Uh, keeping up appearances. So keeping up appearances is funny because it's actually the title of a television show that my mother used to watch. It's a British sitcom. Um, and it's really funny, you know, if you're kind of into the dry humor uh, 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 kind of thing, but it's a British sitcom. And the main character is this woman. I can't pronounce her first name. It's like Hyacinth or Hyacinth or something like that. Uh, uh, and her last name, yeah, my mom said she still watches. I know you do. Uh, and her, uh, that's her name. And she's obsessed with like trying to climb the social ladder, right? Uh, the reality of her whole situation and her family is the fact that they're lower uh, working class citizens. Like that's, that's, that's where they are socially, but she always tries to make it appear like they're upper class, like they're rich. And so she's got these friends and these people who know her and she, she tries to make everybody believe that she's upper class. And, and, and I mean, she's so, she's so obsessed with the upper class, like her last name is Bucket, but she, she tells everybody that it's bouquet. And, and so she, she's like, her last name is bouquet instead of bucket because her whole thing is upper, upper class. I'm rich. I'm high society. And she's, and so the whole show is about all this craziness that happens in her life because she's trying to fool people into thinking that she's upper class, that she's high society when she's really not. And, and it's funny the things that happen. So when people come over the house, she does certain things and she tries to, and, and her family, like her immediate family, they don't try to put on but she tries to put on. So anytime people are around them, things get funny. And, and, and if you ever need to look it up, just look it up maybe on YouTube or something. It's called Keeping Up Appearances. And, and, and so again, she, she, she's trying to portray something that, that does not line up with the reality um, of who she is. And as a matter of fact, the definition uh, of appearance is the way someone or something looks. The way it's simple, the way something looks. And so what they're trying to do is keep up with the appearance or keep up with the look is what she's trying to do of being high class, even though even though everything else in her life is not high class. So now when we look back at at, at 1 Samuel 15, 30 through 31, this is seemingly what 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 Saul is trying to do here with Samuel. So 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 we'll look at it because he had he had a job to do from God, he disobeyed it. God got tired of it, sent Samuel. Samuel said, you are no longer the king. You are not God's man. And, and, and if you look back a few uh, verses before uh, 30, um, let's see, let's go to 27. He says, uh, actually, let's go, let's go to 24. 1 Samuel uh, 15, 24. It says, then Saul admitted to Samuel, yes, I have sinned. I disobeyed your instructions 
uh, and the Lord's command, for I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. But now, please forgive my sins. Come back with me so I may worship the Lord. Samuel and Saul are off to themselves talking about this whole thing, right? Not in front of, not in front of anyone. Uh, and Samuel turned uh, uh, 26, but Samuel replied, I will not go back with you since you have rejected the Lord's commandments. He has rejected you as king. So now we see that now God has rejected Saul as king, right? But when we read in our verse uh, 30, Saul pleaded again, I know I have sinned, but at least honor honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. So he's saying, listen, I know that I have sinned. I know that I'm not God's person anymore, but can we please go back and you come with me and honor me in front of people so it can at least still seem like I'm God's man, so it can still seem like God is okay with me, so I can do what? Keep up with appearances. Come on, y'all. Here we see Saul more concerned about the way things looked than the reality of his situation. Listen, how, how in the world can you be more concerned with the, what people are going to think when you're literally faced with a situation where the prophet said you're no longer God's king? And he was more concerned about people knowing that he wasn't God's man than the fact that he wasn't God's man anymore. Like it wasn't please plead with God. Please state my case. I promise I'll make it better. No, it was please come with me and honor me in front of the elders and in front of Israel so they could at least still think that I am who I was. He was so caught up with the way things looked that he disregarded the reality of the situation. He wanted it to look like God was with him before man, but knew that God was not with him the entire time. Keeping up appearances. Come on, y'all, watch this. Isn't it interesting, though? Because we can shake our head with Saul. Sierra is sitting over here at the other side of the table, and when I said that, she smirked and shook her head because Saul, Saul, Saul. But if we are honest, there are times in our lives where just like Saul, we too get caught up in keeping up appearances, trying to make something seem or look a certain way, even when we know that those things aren't that way. Watch this, y'all. Watch this. I know my ideas go. Look, people will struggle financially because, they, because they've got a car, a luxury vehicle that they cannot afford and would rather put a strain on their finances than just buy a car that they can afford and not struggle because I've got to have the luxury vehicle. What I look like driving around in, you know, in you know, a, a Toyota Corolla. You look like a person who's driving a car that they can afford, <laughs> but I'd rather struggle financially in order to keep this car, or I'd rather struggle financially and have no wiggle room because I need this house that I know I can't afford, all because I want to what? Keep up appearances. Oh, but when they come to my house, I got to have this, and it's got to look this way, and it's got to be this big, and it's got to have this much yard, and you will stretch and struggle and work three jobs all to keep up what? Appearances because we want to keep up appearances. Watch this. People are in relationships, whether it can be a romantic relationship, it can be mother and daughter, it can be sister and brother, it can be father and son, it can be cousins, it can be friends, it can be coworkers. People have all these relationships. The relationships are dysfunctional. The relationships don't work. The relationships are abusive. The relationships aren't doing you any good, and it's not doing the other person any good. There is no life in this situation, and they will simply stay and watch this, not just stay, but try to tell everybody else everything is great, simply to try to keep up appearances. We're talking about keeping up appearances. Watch this. People portray all kinds of exaggerations on social media just to keep up appearances. See, I'm not the type of person that thinks, you know, well, people only show you the highlight reel. They need to be real about their lives and put all the bad stuff on. No, I don't think people should put any, I don't think you should air your dirty laundry and, 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 and post, you know, all of these kind of bad things going on in your life on social media just to make other people feel good about themselves. Of course, people just put the good stuff. We all do. We want to be happy, right? But 
But to post an exaggeration, I mean, I can't sit here and post a picture of me and Sierra and then say, yeah, man, everything's great. We just chilling and we this and we that and we this and we that. And then knowing that, you know, tomorrow we're going to separate. That's exaggerating the truth. That's trying to keep up with appearances. And so we do all this stuff just to try to keep up with some appearance as opposed to being rooted and being grounded and being honest and being truthful and being real about the reality of our situation. And y'all know it ain't got nothing to do with faith because we talked about faith and we talked about speaking and we talked about believing. And we talked about the fact that, that, I, that just because my faith has me to believe that better days are ahead and just because I'm confessing what the word says and for my authority and what my belief is doesn't mean I ignore reality. I just don't let that, I just don't let the bad things dictate what my speech is. But that's different from ignoring reality altogether. Saul wanted to, be, to appear to be God's man in front of Israel, in front of the elders, even though he knew he wasn't. And when you read the scripture right before that, when, Saul said, no, when Samuel said, no, I'm not going out there with you, Samuel turned around to leave. Saul grabbed for his robe and ripped it. He was trying to keep him back. Like, don't you go out there without me. When you go back, you need to be with me. Even honor me just in front of them even though I know it's not the reality of the situation. Watch this. Let's look at Saul's reality, okay? Let's go back to 1 Samuel 15. Let's look at Saul's reality. And this is important because we're going to see how sometimes every now and again we can find ourselves in Saul's reality. Watch this. 1 Samuel 15. Let's go to uh, verse 3. Here we go. Here's what we got. 1 Samuel 15, 3. The first thing about Saul's reality we had to understand is that he did have a job to do. He had something that God had asked him to do right? 1 Samuel 13, 3. It says, now, here's what, here's, what, here's what Samuel told Saul that God told him to do. He says, now go um, and completely destroy the entire Amalek, uh, Amalek nation, uh, men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, donkeys. He said, I want you to go and I want you to completely destroy that entire nation. So we see that Saul had what? A job to do, right? Now let's move to 1 Samuel 15, 8 through 9. We're going to stay right here in 1 Samuel. So we had a job to do, but we see in point number two of Saul's reality. So reality point number one was he had a job to do. Reality point number two was that he was disobedient. First Samuel 15, eight through nine, he says he captured Agag, the Elamicite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agag's life, which was not the command, and kept the best of the sheep, which was not the command, and goats and cattle and the fat calves and the lamb, uh, lambs, everything, in fact, that appealed to them. Come on, y'all. Everything that appealed to them, right? Not what God commanded, but everything that appealed to them, uh, they only destroyed what was worthless or of poor quality. And so we see, number one, that Saul had a job to do. We're talking about keeping up appearances. He had something that God had, had asked him to do, that God had called him to do, right? And then we see that he was disobedient to what God had said. He said, get rid of everything. Don't keep anything. I want you to destroy it all. But he kept King Agag alive, and then he kept the best of anything that appealed to him and his men, fleshly desires, things that they wanted that went against what God told him to do. So you see he was disobedient, right? Now watch this. Let's go down to uh, 1 Samuel 15, 12. 1 Samuel 15, 12. Now, 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 now uh, the Lord woke Samuel out 
woke him up uh, in verse 10, you see that and say that I was sorry I ever made him king. He's no longer king. You need to go get him. So now, so now Samuel's up early the next morning. Here's verse 12. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him Saul went to the town of Carmel, watch this, to set up a monument to himself. Oh, Come on, y'all. I'm talking about a downward spiral. He had a job to do. He was disobedient. Now he's being prideful. He, he set up a monument to himself. Do we see this? Do we see disobedience? I see you, Ma. Do we see pride here? To set up a, a, a monument to himself, then he went to Gilgal. We're, listen, and we're going to go through some of this stuff, y'all, and see if we can find ourselves in this, right? Right, that's why I say he built a monument, not to God, not an altar to God, but to himself. All right, here we go. Now watch this. First Samuel, let's go to 15, 15. We're looking at this downward spiral, right? Because we're talking about keeping up appearances. This downward spiral. First uh, Samuel 15, 15. Uh, now here's Samuel asking, is it true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle? Saul admitted. Yes, but they are going to be sacrificed uh, to the Lord, your God. I thought it was the Lord, our God, but he's going to be sacrificed to the Lord, your God. Uh, we have destroyed everything else. All right, now here we go. We see that, 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 that he's trying to do this whole religious stuff his way. God didn't say, save the best and sacrifice it for me. He said, destroy everything. And Saul didn't say that they kept the things because they wanted to sacrifice it until he figured out he was in trouble. Now he's like, whoa, 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 we saved the best because we wanted to sacrifice it to God. And so now he's trying to lie. Watch this. He's trying to lie and put God's name on it. Y'all, listen, listen, not everything that people put God's name on is his. Okay, come on. Listen. Not everything that people say we're doing in the name of Jesus, not every single thing that people put God's name on is God's. Because nothing that God has his name on is birthed out of disobedience. Nothing God has put his name on is based off your own pride. Nothing that God has put his name on is based out of your lies. Nothing that God puts his name on. Listen, not even Jesus said, they say, Lord, Lord, but their hearts are far from me. We saw, I think it was in our Bible study in James, where Jesus talked about where James was referring to the the judgment. And we went back to see what Jesus said about it. And he said that, that I will say, it was when we talked about giving to the poor. It was like, or or something we said, Lord, we did this in your name. We did that in your name. We did this in your name. He said, depart from me for I knew you not. Here's Saul talking about some religious sacrifice that God did not call him to make. Not everything we put God's name on is God's. Okay, here we go. Let's go back to verse uh, 13. So, so, so we see he had a job to do. We're talking about Saul's reality, right? Because remember, at the end of the story, he tries to have the appearance of, being the, uh, of still being the king, even though Samuel just told him, God said, you're not the king anymore. It's done. Well, at least still honor me in front of the elders is what he, is what he said to the people. Because I want to put on appearances. But we see this downward spiral. Watch this. So he had a job to do. He was disobedient. He was prideful. Then he's putting God's name on stuff that, that God's name ain't on, that God's not behind, right? And we do that sometimes. Watch this. Or we can see it sometimes in, 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 in religion. Now watch this. Uh, verse, uh, 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 chapter 15, verse 13. When, I, I just want to go back a second because I missed this one. When Samuel finally found him, because remember, he was off making the monument to himself. Then he went to Gilgal. So when, when Samuel finally found Saul, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you. He was just obedient, disobedient, prideful, doing his own thing. And then when he sees the prophet, he says, may the Lord bless you as if he's got this righteousness and if he's walking right. Now watch this. Uh, He said, I have carried out the Lord's command. Now he's lying. 
Okay, watch this, y'all. Saul's reality. He had a job to do. Okay, he was disobedient. Uh, he was prideful, building the monuments to himself. Now we see he's lying. Then he goes about and says, yeah, we kept all this stuff, but we kept it because we were going to, uh, uh, we, we were going to make a sacrifice unto the Lord. That was not his plan at all. So he's trying to put God's name on stuff that we know what God's name not on. Now, here's, here we go uh, uh, with, with uh, Saul's reality, point number six, okay? So he had a job to do. He was disobedient. He was prideful. He lied. He put God's name on something that God was not behind. Uh, uh, number, number six, let's go to uh, uh, verse 20 and 21. Again, we're in 1 Samuel 20, so 20, 21. Here's, here, here, here's Saul. But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. Okay, here we go. He know he didn't do it, but here we go. But I did what uh, I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, which was not part of the mission. He said, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought the brought in the best of the sheep, goats and cattle and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord, your God. So he's like, no, I did what he said. All I did was keep uh, Agag alive, but everyone else I killed. And then my troops. So now what he's doing is he's trying to sugarcoat his own disobedience. He's not trying to come clean. So what he's trying to do is give a version of the truth. Like I did everything he said. I just brought Agag back and my troops brought the best sheep, goats, and cattle. Like that's all that happened, but we did, we did what he said to do. So now he's trying to sugarcoat uh, uh, his own disobedience, trying to sugarcoat not doing what God told him to do. And he's trying to make, watch this job, excuses, okay? <laughs> do we see the downward spiral here? He had a job to do, but he was disobedient. Uh, then we saw him be prideful. Then he's lying. Now he's trying to put God's name on his mess, okay? Uh, 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 and now he's trying to sugarcoat his own disobedience. Now let's go to verse 24. This is a downward spiral. Watch this, y'all, 24 and 25. Then Saul admitted to Samuel, yes, I have sinned. Okay, I'll come clean. Yes, I sinned. But remember, he, he just said twice that I didn't. I didn't do anything. But then I said, okay, you know what? Fine. Okay, I'm caught. Caught red-handed. You got me. He says, I, Saul finally admitted to, uh, to Samuel, yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed uh, your instructions and the Lord's command. For here we go. For I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. But now please forgive me of my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. Um, that I may worship the Lord. Um, now it's, I worship the Lord. Before it was the Lord your God, right? Now here we go. He says, he says, he says I, I, I get it. You're right. I disobeyed. But I was afraid of what the people were going to say. And so I just did what they demanded. So now he's blaming other people. Come on, y'all. Now he's a victim of everybody else trying to tell him what to do, as opposed to taking responsibility for his actions and for where he was. He decided that it was everybody else. Now I'm going to blame other people. The one thing he hasn't done yet is what? Take responsibility for what he did. Listen, even, uh, even in his apology and admitting to being disobedient, he didn't take responsibility. Have you ever had like a, like a halfway kind of insincere apology when somebody's upset or, or something happens, you're upset with them and they want to apologize, but then they give you the halfway apology? Listen, I'm so sorry I did that. But the reason I did it was because and he got all, he's not taking responsibility for what he did. So here we go. He had a job to do, right? We saw that in verse three, verse eight and nine. We saw that he was disobedient though to the job. Verse 12, we see that he was prideful. He went and built a monument. He went to build a monument to himself and Carmel, Samuel couldn't even find him because he went somewhere else to build a monument to himself before he went to Gilgal. 
And so we see he was prideful. Number four, in verse 13, we see that he lied. Uh, number five, we see that he, uh, we see that he tried to put um, God's name on something that God wasn't behind. We're going to sacrifice this to God. You know, I know we were supposed to kill all this stuff, but we figured we'd keep the best and then we'll sacrifice it. That's not what God asked you to do. Uh, Samuel even said to him, he said, it's not, would God rather not have you be obedient than to sacrifice? That's what people say, you know, for obedience is better than the sacrifice. It's much better to just obey God than to, than to be disobedient and then bring him a sacrifice, you know what I'm saying, to, 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 to make up for uh, uh, what you did. It's just much better to just obey him and not have to sacrifice uh, anything to be, to, to be pleasing to him. So here we go. Here we go. So, um, um, uh, and by the way, there's a lot of misinterpretation of that. I mean, you know, going to say, you know, obedience is better than sacrifice. Like, well, if you don't obey, God's going to take something from you. That's not what Samuel was saying. He was saying is that it's just, it's just better to be obedient and right in the sight of God than to have to bring an animal and sacrifice it as if God would rather accept your sacrifice than you have your obedience. He'd much rather have your obedience than have, than have your, I'm sorry. All right, here we go. Um, uh, so, so, so then he tries to do religion his way, right? And then we see in verse 20 and 21 that he tried to sugarcoat his disobedience, right? He tried to make it seem, ah, it wasn't all that bad. I mean, I basically did everything he told me to do. I just didn't do these two things, right? And then Saul starts to blame others, not taking responsibility. And then this brings us to the point that we see this huge downward spiral I, oh, you're right, Ma. I got you. I got you, man. The word be clearing, clearing stuff up. Here we go. So, 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 so we go through all this stuff, blaming others, sugarcoating stuff, religion his way. He lied, prideful, disobedient, and then we get down to the text we started with this morning, verse fifth, uh, verse uh, thirty through thirty-one. Then Saul pleaded again. I know I have sinned, but please at least honor me. Here we go with this pride. Please at least honor me before the elders of my people and, uh, and before uh, Israel by coming back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel finally agreed and went back with him and saw worship the Lord. So he's like, despite all this stuff that I did, and despite the fact that now Saul has accepted the fact that Samuel said, you are no longer king, you are no longer God's man. This is no, you are no longer uh, uh, who, who you were before this uh, uh, situation. He finally accepts that, but he says, can you please at least still go with me and honor me in front of them so they don't know? Keeping up with appearances. The fact that he wasn't distraught, that he was no longer God's man, but more concerned with what people thought is a problem. But what happens, though, when Saul's reality becomes our reality? <laughs> okay? Not even about worrying about what people think, but I'm just saying, like, when we find ourselves in these situations or in the situation that Saul was in. Because if we're honest, and you don't have to type anything in the, in the, in the, in the thing. You don't have to tell, to tell anybody what, what yours is. You don't have to do that. I'm just saying, you can just self-reflect. You can self-reflect. Let's self-reflect. If we're honest, at times we find ourselves disobedient. Don't type anything. You don't have to say me. Just... Let's self-reflect, impact. At times we find, I'll reflect. At times I find myself disobedient, okay? Listen, I'll self-reflect. There are times when I find myself prideful, the way uh, uh, Saul was. Built a monument to himself. Sometimes I find myself lying, okay? I'm looking at Saul and this downward spiral, and I can find myself all in it. Sometimes I can find myself trying to do God's thing, my way. Okay. I'll listen. Come on. Let's be real. Here we go. Sometimes I can find myself sugarcoating disobedience the same way Saul did. If I'm honest, sometimes I can find myself not taking responsibility for my part and trying to blame everybody else. (laughs) 
What happens when Saul's reality is our reality? The question is, do we continue a downward spiral like Saul did, or do we admit where we are? <laughs> that's, all, that's all I want to know. Do we continue to act like Saul's reality is not our reality at times? Disobedience, pride, lying, doing things my way, but calling it God's way, sugarcoating disobedience, and not taking responsibility. Now watch this. The key is not to ignore that we find ourselves in these situations, because whether you want to, you know, Admit it or not, I mean, <laughs> we do, we do, you know. Uh, uh, but the key is not to continue in this downward spiral when we recognize that we are in this place. Now watch this, that, 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 that's the story of, of, of Saul keeping up appearances, and which is something we don't want to do. But let's turn to, um, to 2 Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy um, uh, verse 3, because I want you all to see something, even in the church, what is written here. Uh, about the last days, okay? Watch this. I'm going to read several different versions. I think I also want to find it in King James. 2 Timothy 3, 15. Uh, 1 through 5, I'm sorry. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. I meant 1 through 5. I just wrote it down like 15. <laughs> it shouldn't be 15. Um, so 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. He said, this is King James. He says, no, this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come for men shall be what lovers of their own selves. Didn't we see that with, with Saul? Wow. Wow. Lovers of their own selves. We saw that with covetous boasters, proud. Didn't we see that? Didn't we just see this with Saul? Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Here we go. Unholy without natural affection, truce breaker, truce breakers, false accusers, blaming other people. False accusers, uh, 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 incontinent, fierce, despisers of those, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady. Here we go, high-minded. Watch this, lover, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Remember that they kept everything that they that their eyes saw that they wanted. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Watch this, verse five. Here we go, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, such turn away from, keeping up appearances, having the form of godliness, having the form of righteousness, having the form of a children of God, of a child of God, but what? Denying the power thereof, meaning they look religious, all and participate in the religious ceremonies, and they do all the stuff, and they sound good, and they know this, and it seems like they have the appearance of, but their life lacks the power that will validate it but their life lacks the power that will validate it. I want to read it in uh, NLT, um, uh, 2 Timothy uh, 3, 1 through 5. You should know this, Tim. And again, this is because things aren't always, watch this, what they appear. And the question is, if something is out of whack in my life, am I going to try to keep up appearances like Saul did? Well, at least this honor me in front of people so they don't, understand, so they don't know that I'm not the king anymore. Do I, want, do I want to keep up appearances, right? Or am I willing to check myself and make the reality of my situation the truth of who I am. So you should know this, Timothy. This is 2 Timothy 1 through 5. I just want to read it in NLT. In the last days, there will be very difficult times, for people will only love themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud. We saw that with Saul. Scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. 
That's 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 Saul too, considering nothing sacred. Remember, he took the 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 animals and stuff and said, Well, we're gonna sacrifice this to God. How are you gonna be lying and disobedient and say, Well, we're gonna take this and give it to God? How are you gonna take your lying and your disobedience? This is another thing. Be careful what you're saying what you're offering to God. How are you gonna take your lying and your disobedience and say we're offering this to God? Okay. Uh, not everything you put God's name on is God's, and not everything you say you offer to God, He will accept. Um, maybe we could do another lesson on that. Um, uh, uh, they will be uh, unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. Here we go. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. They will act religious, but the actual carrying out, they will deny. There will be no evidence of it in their life. That's what we don't want to fall victim to, having, having, having the form of godliness, but denying the power. That's Saul. He had the form of a king. Samuel eventually did go out with him, so it did appear to everybody else. So he had the form of being God's man, but he did not have God behind him. And that's not what we want to do. We don't want to find ourselves in, 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 where, where we see here in 2 Timothy 3, where we have the form of this, but deny the power by continuing that downward spiral. Here's where we want to be, y'all. First John, let's go to 1 John 1.8. We read this in our Bible study, uh, one of the uh, James uh, Bible studies. 1 John uh, 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 1, 8 through 10. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living the truth. Listen, if we can't somehow find ourselves in, in, in this thing with Saul or in some other sin list, <laughs> whatever you want to put together, if you can't identify your sin, you are deceiving your own self uh, and not living in the truth. That's what the Bible says, verse 9. But if we confess our sins to him, here we go. See, this is, this is how we don't continue in that downward spiral that Saul had. This is where we, how we don't have the form of godliness but denying the power. It says, but if we confess our sins to who? To him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He said, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts, denying the power. Ain't it funny that, that having a form of godliness is almost like denying that you, that you, uh, are, have, have sinful, uh, have, that you have sin. But being godly and having the power is to admit that I do, but take it to him. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the other way around. And so the question is, what is your reality today? And are you living in a way where you're just trying to keep up with appearances? Or do we want to be honest about who we are, honest about where we are, uh, no longer deceive ourselves, not here to deceive anybody else, but to be real with God and not, to, not have, honor me in front of people so that they think that I am the king. No, no, I want the reality because Saul at any point could have just admitted it, right? And didn't even plead to stay God's man. Samuel told him, no, you're not. You're not God's man. His plea was, well, at least let people think it. I'm just trying to figure out why wasn't his plea? Well, help me get right with God. How do I get right with him? How do I get back? How do I? Because it was about what people thought in that position. Because he could have got back right with God and still not been king. <laughs> but he wanted that position. Why? To keep up appearances. Let's be honest. Let's be real with ourselves and with God, you know, and, and let's not live in a way to where we're just keeping up appearances, but let's make sure that the reality of where we are and who we are, that it, it, it exa it's examined in the word and that we confess our sins to God and that we continue this pursuit 
the sanctification of day by day uh, being changed from glory to glory into the image uh, of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. 